0: The Mistress of Sydenham Plantation by Sarah Orne Jewett. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Matt Borard. The Mistress of Sydenham Plantation by Sarah Orne Jewett a high wind was blowing from the water into the beaufort streets a wind with as much reckless hilarity as march could give to her breezes but soft and spring-like almost early summer-like in its warmth in the gardens of the old southern houses that stood along the bay roses and pedisporum trees were blooming with their delicious fragrance it was the time of wisterias and wild-white lilies of the last yellow jasmines and the first cherokee roses it was the saturday before easter sunday in the quaint churchyard of old st helena's church a little way from the bay young figures were busy among the graves with industrious gardening at first sight one might have thought that this pretty service was rendered only from loving sentiments of loyalty to one's ancestors For under the great live-oaks the sturdy brick walls about the family burying-places and the gravestones themselves were moss-grown and ancient looking yet here and there the wounded look of the earth appealed to the eye and betrayed a new-made grave the old sarcophagi and heavy tablets of the historic beaufort families stood side by side with plain wooden crosses the armorial bearings and long epitaphs of the one and the brief lettering of the other suggested the changes that had come with the war to these families yet somehow the wooden cross touched one's heart with closer sympathy the padlocked gates to the small enclosures stood open while gentle girls passed in and out with their easter flowers of remembrance on the high churchyard wall and great gate-posts perched many a mocking-bird and the golden light changed the twilight under the live oaks to a misty warmth of color the birds began to sing louder the gray moss that hung from the heavy boughs swayed less and less and gave the place a look of pensive silence in the church itself most of the palms and rose-branches were already in place for the next day's feast and the old organ followed a fresh young voice that was being trained for the easter anthem the five doors of the church were standing open on the steps of that eastern door which opened midway up the side aisle where the morning sun had shone in upon the white faces of a hospital in wartime in this eastern doorway sat two young women i was jest thinking one was saying to the other that for the first time mistress Sydenham has forgotten to keep this day you know that when she has forgotten everything and everybody else she has known when easter came and has brought flowers to her graves has she been more feeble lately do you think asked the younger of the two mamma saw her the other day and thought that she seemed more like herself but she looked very old too she told mamma to bring her dolls and she would give her some bits of silk to make them gowns poor mamma and she had just been wondering how she could manage to get us ready for summer this year celestine and me and the speaker smiled wistfully it is a mercy that the dear old lady did forget all that happened and the friends brushed some last bits of leaves from their skirts and rose and walked away together through the churchyard the ancient church waited through another easter even with its flowers and long memory of prayer and praise the great earthquake had touched it lightly time had colored it softly and the earthly bodies of its children were gathered near its walls in peaceful sleep from one of the high houses which stood fronting the sea with their airy balconies and colonnades had come a small slender figure like some shy dark thing of twilight out into the bright sunshine the street was empty for the most part before one or two of the cheap german shops a group of men watched the little old lady step proudly by she was a very stately gentlewoman for one so small and thin she was feeble too and bending somewhat with the weight of years but there was true elegance and dignity in the way she moved and those who saw her persons who shuffled when they walked and boast loudly of the fallen pride of the south were struck with sudden deference and admiration behind the lady walked a grey-headed negro a man who was troubled in spirit who sometimes gained a step or two and offered an anxious but quite unheeded remonstrance he was a poor tottering old fellow he wore a threadbare evening coat that might have belonged to his late master thirty years before the pair went slowly along the bay street to the end of a row of new shops and the lady turned decidedly toward the water and approached the ferry steps her servitor groaned aloud but waited in respectful hopelessness there was a group of negro children on the steps employed in the dangerous business of crab-fishing at the foot in his flat-bottomed boat sat a wondering negro lad who looked up in apprehension at his passengers the lady seemed like a ghost old peter with whose scorn of modern beings and their ways he was partially familiar old peter was making frantic signs to him to put out from shore but the lady's calm desire for obedience prevailed and presently out of the knot of idlers that gathered quickly one more chivalrous than the rest helped the strange adventurers down into the boat it was the fashion to laugh and joke in beaufort when anything unusual was happening before the eyes of the younger part of the colored population but as the ferryman pushed off from the shore even the crab fishers kept awestruck silence and there were speechless open mouths and much questioning of eyes that showed their whites in vain somehow or other before the boat was out of hail long before it had passed the first bank of raccoon oysters the tide being at the ebb it was known by fifty people that for the first time in more than twenty years the mistress of the old sidonham plantation on st helena's island had taken it into her poor daft head to go to look after her estates her crops and her people everybody knew that her estates had been confiscated during the war that her people owned it themselves now in three and five and even twenty acre lots that her crops of rice and sea-island cotton were theirs planted and hoed and harvested on their own account all these years she had forgotten Sutnam, and the live oak avenue and the outlook across the water to the hunting islands where the deer ran wild she had forgotten the war she had forgotten her children and her husband except that they had gone away the graves to which she carried easter flowers were her mother's and her father's graves and her life was spent in a strange dream old peter sat facing her in the boat the ferryman pulled lustily at the oars and they moved quickly along in the ebbing tide the ferryman longed to get his freight safely across he was in a fret of discomfort whenever he looked at the clear-cut eager face before him in the stern how still and straight the old mistress sat where was she going? He was awed by her presence and took refuge, as he rode, in needless talk about the coming of the sandflies and the great drumfish to Beaufort Waters. But Peter had clasped his hands together and bowed his old back, as if he did not care to look anywhere but at the bottom of the boat. Peter was still groaning softly the old lady was looking back over the water to the row of fine houses the once luxurious summer homes of wrecks and Barnwells, of many a famous household now scattered and impoverished the ferryman had heard of more one than bereft lady or gentleman who lived in seclusion in the old houses he knew that peter still served a mysterious mistress with exact devotion, while most of the elderly colored men and women who had formed the retinues of the old families were following their own affairs far and wide. Oh lo oh, Miss, what can I go to do? mumbled Peter, with his head in his hands. Thou'll be nothin' to see. poor O Miss, I do not what you say. Trouble Trouble But the mistress of Sydenham, plantation had a way of speaking but seldom and of rarely listening to what any one was pleased to say in return out of the mistiness of her clouded brain a thought had come with unwonted clearness she must go to the island her husband and sons were detained at a distance it was the time of year to look after corn and cotton she must attend to her house and her slaves the remembrance of that news of battle and of the three deaths that had left her widowed and childless, had faded away in the illness it had brought. She never comprehended her loss. She was like one bewitched into indifference. She remembered something of her youth, and kept the simple routine of daily life, and that was all. "'I thought she done forget everything,' Grumbled Peter again. "'Oh, Lord, have mercy on old Miss the landing-place on lady's island was steep and sandy and the oarsman watched peter help the strange passenger up the ascent with a p- sense of pleasant relief he pushed off a little way into the stream for better self-defence at the top of the bluff was a rough shed built for shelter and peter looked about him eagerly while his mistress stood expectant and imperious in the shade of a pride of india-tree that grew among the live oaks and pines of a wild thicket he was wretched with a sense of her discomfort though she gave no sign of it he had learned to know by instinct all that was unspoken in the old times she would have found four oarsmen waiting with a cushioned boat at the ferry she would have found a saddle-horse or a carriage ready for her on lady's island for the five miles journey, but the carriage had not come. The poor grey-headed old man recognized her displeasure. He was her only slave left. If she did but know it, for God's sake, give me some kind o' of cup, old Miss. She done wake up an mean to go out to Suddenham dis day. Urged Peter, who dis hoss an kirk in de shed who make these track wid hoofs just now like they done right by you'll go get somebody for me or she'll be right mad sure the elderly guardian of the shed who was also the old regime hobbled away quickly and backed out a stair that was broken to harness and a rickety two-wheeled cart their owner had left them there for some hours and had crossed the ferry to beaufort old mistress must be obeyed and they looked toward her beseechingly where she was waiting deprecating her disapproval of this poor apology for a conveyance the lady long since had ceased to concern herself with the outward shapes of things she accepted this possibility of carrying out her plans and they lifted her light figure to the chair in the cart's end while peter mounted before her with all a coachman's dignity he once had his ambitions of being her coachman, and they moved slowly away through the deep sand. My God Almighty, look out for us now," said Peter over and over. oh Miss, she done forget. Good Lord, she done forget how de good massa up there done took from her everything. She speck now she find sight him all the same. Lacks it was for de world. She ain't no bout what's been since day of de gun-shoe on port royal and dar way, o oh lord mare ye you know how you will stove her po head wid dem gun shoot. Be it easy to ole miss but as peter pleaded in the love and sorrow of his heart the lady who sat behind him was unconscious of any cause for grief some sweet vagaries in her own mind were matched to the loveliness of the day all her childhood spent among the rustic scenes of these fertile sea islands was yielding for her now an undefined pleasantness of association the straight stemmed palmettos stood out with picturesque clearness against the great level fields with their straight furrows running out of sight figures of men and women followed the furrow passed slowly here were men and horses bending to the ploughshare and there women and children sowed with steady hand the rich seed of their crops there were touches of color in the head curses. there were sounds of songs as the people worked not gay songs of the evening but some repeated line of a hymn to steady the patient feet and make the work go faster the unconscious music of the blacks who sang as the beetle-drones or the cricket-chirps slowly under the dry grass it had a look of permanence this cotton-planting it was a thing to paint to relate itself to the permanence of art an everlasting duty of mankind terrible if a thing of force and compulsion and for another's gain but the birthright of the children of adam and not unrewarded nor unnatural when one drew by it one's own life from the earth peter glanced through the hedgerows vertically this way and that what would his mistress say to the cabins that were scattered all about the fields now and that were no longer put together in the long lines of the quarters he looked down the deserted lane where he well remembered fifty cabins on each side of the way it was gay there of a summer evening the old times had not been without their pleasures and the poor old man's heart with the vague delight of his memories he had never been on the block he was born and bred at old Sydenham. he had been trusted in house and field i done liked dem old times de best ventures peter presently to his unresponding companion dere was good bout dem times i see i liked de old times good as any young folks may be a change for me he was growing grey in the face with apprehension he did not dare to disobey the slow-footed beast of burden was carrying them towards sadden step by step and he dreaded the moment of arrival he was like a mesmerized creature who can only obey the force of a directing will but under pretense of handling the steer's harness he got stiffly to the ground to look at his mistress he could not turn to face her as he sat in the cart he could not drive any longer and feel her there behind him The silence was too great it was a relief to see her placid face and to see even a more youthful look in its worn lines she had been a very beautiful woman in her young days and a solemn awe fell upon peter's tender heart lest the veil might be lifting from her hidden past and there alone with him on the old plantation she would die of grief and pain god only knew what might happen the old man mounted to his seat, and again they plodded on. Peter said, "The mistress, he was always frightened when she spoke. Peter, we must hurry. I was late in starting. I have a great deal to do. Urge the horses, yes, miss, yes, miss." And Peter laughed aloud, nervously, and brandished his sassafras switch while the steer hastened a little. They had come almost to the gates who are these the stately wayfarer asked once as they met some persons who gazed at them in astonishment i spect them de good ladies from de north would come down to show de colored folks how to do answered peter bravely it do look kind o comfortable over here he added wistfully half to himself he could not understand even now how oblivious she was of the great changes on st helena's there were curious eyes watching from the fields and here by the roadside an aged black woman came to her cabin door lo exclaimed peter what can i do now and old sibyl she's done crazy too and they'll be mischievous together the steer could not be hurried past and sibyl came and leaned against the wheel mornin mistis said sibyl and yo too peter how's all day of judgment's comin in mornin some nice buttermilk i done get rich dat's my cap and she pointed to the field and chuckled peter felt as if his brain were turning bless de lord i no more slave said old Sibyl, looking up with impudent scrutiny at her old mistress's impassive face you know Ma's middleton what yo buy me from? he my foster brother we push away from same breast he got trouble, poor gentleman. He's sorry to sell Sibyl. He give me silver dollar dat day and feel bad. Never mind, I say. I get good misters, young misters, at Sydenham. I like her well. I did so. I picked my two hundred pound all days, and I ain't whipped. Too bad so me. Poor Mons Middleton, but he in trouble. He done come see me last plantin'. Sibyl went on proudly. Oh, go! He' grown old and poor looking. He come in just in dat door, and he say, Sibyl, I long and long to see you, and now I see you, and he kiss and kiss me, and there's one wide river of Jordan, and we'll soon be there, black and white. I was right glad I see old Miles Middleton, for I die. The old creature, poured forth the one story of her great joy and pride she had told it a thousand times it had happened not the last planting but many plantings ago it remained clear when everything else was confused there was no knowing what she might say next she began to take the strange steps of a slow dance and peter urged his steer forward while his mistress said suddenly "Goodbye, bye sibyl i am glad you are doing so well with a strange irrelevancy of graciousness it was in the old days before the war that sibyl had fallen insensible one day in the cotton-field did her mistress think that it was still that year and peter's mind could not puzzle out this awful day of anxiety they turned at last into the live oak avenue they had only another half-mile to go and here in the place where the lady had closest association her memory was suddenly revived almost to clearness she began to hurry peter impatiently it was a mischance that she had not been met at the ferry she was going to see to putting the house in order and the women were all waiting it was autumn and they were going to move over from beaufort it was spring next moment and she had to talk with her overseers. The old imperiousness flashed out. Did not Peter know that his master was kept at the front, and the young gentlemen were with him, and their regiment was going into action? It was a blessing to come over and forget it all, but Peter must drive, drive. They had taken no care of the avenue. How the trees were broken in the storm. The house needed. They were going to move the next day, but one. And was ready a party of gentlemen were coming from charleston in the morning they passed the turn of the avenue they came out to the open lawn and the steer stopped and began to browse peter shook from head to foot he climbed down by the wheel and turned his face slowly "Oh, miss he said feebly "Oh, miss she was looking off into space the cart jerked as it moved after the feeding steer the mistress of sydenham plantation had sought her home in vain the crumbled fallen chimneys of the house were there among the weeds and that was all on christmas day and easter day many an old man and woman come into st helena's church who are not seen there the rest of the year there are not a few recluses in the parish who come to listen to their teacher and to the familiar prayers read with touching earnestness and simplicity as one seldom hears the prayers read anywhere this easter morning dawned clear and bright as easter morning should the fresh-bloomed roses and lilies were put in their places there was no touch of paid hands anywhere and the fragrance blew softly about the church as you sat in your pew you could look out through the wide open doors and see the drooping branches and the birds as they sat singing on the gravestones the sad faces of the old people the cheerful faces of the young passed by up the aisle one figure came to sit alone in one of the pews to bend its head in prayer after the ancient habit peter led her as usual to the broad aisle doorway and helped her stumbling himself up the steps and many eyes filled with tears as his mistress went to her place even the tragic moment of yesterday was lost already in the acquiescence of her mind as the calm sea shines back to the morning sun when another wreck has gone down End of the mistress of sydenham plantation by sarah orne jewett